The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 33. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everybody, I'm Father Andrew Kinsider, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away. I sure hope you're buckled in, because today we are going to be discussing our first impressions and thoughts on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And to just throw out the spoiler warning right away, we plan to talk right from the get-go, all things spoiler-related, so... If you have not seen the movie, uh, please have an opportunity to watch the movie before joining us, uh, lest you be spoiled on all things The Rise of Skywalker. We also plan to uh, potentially reference The Mandalorian all the way from the first chapter through chapter seven. So uh, we will be discussing all, all of those sorts of things. So if you want to go catch up uh, before listening to us, please do so. If not, you have been warned. And we will be jumping right into all things spoilers. So, hope you come along for the ride. Joining me on the panel today are, first of all, we have Andrew Hermes. Hey, Andrew. What's up, Father? Not much. Excited to be here. Second, we have Thomas Sanjurjo. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Father. It's good to be back. Third, we have Angela Cialana. Hi, Angela. Howdy, howdy, everyone. And last up tonight, we have Mike Creevy. Hey, guys. (laughs) Good to be back. Awesome. So we're going to be talking Rise of Skywalker. We've all seen it. Um, Some of us have seen it multiple times. I watched it again yesterday just to kind of reacquaint myself with (laughs) with things. And um, I'm sure still missed some of it. And still, the the box office is not high enough for them to say this was a smash hit. So that's that's impressive. (laughs) I think I think The Force Awakens was a lot a lot more. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be hard for any movie to catch Force Awakens other than Endgame. So big for that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So I just want to know what 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 was your guys' first impression as you like walked out of the theater? What what was going through your minds? Uh. And Mike, why don't we start with you? I uh, I I put a series of words down with ellipses after them just to sort of like it was like (laughs) it was like a stream of conscious when I was trying to answer this question. What I put down was elation. Joy, peace, resolution, and wonder. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and you know, and, and some other things as well. But I was truly—it was just you know, um, as much as I'm loving, and I really do. I, I love the Mandalorian. I love a lot of these, uh, the potential for these streaming shows. Uh, I've been watching a lot more of the animated series, catching up on stuff. You know, last few months. But this was—it just reminded me. Like, it just feels like there's something about the kind of natural setting. I feel like for Star Wars, like in the theater. You know, with with people there in in my case, with being able to go with some some uh, you know uh, family and friends, you know, like to be there for that relatively short amount of time for this one story. In this case, you know, um, even if it ties everything together, you know, it was just sort of a 
a real fun and joyful sort of experience that always has a real kind of unique character to it. Um, so, so that was fun. Um, and then really, yeah, the resolution, we'll get more into that later. Uh, a lot of questions I had are just, you know, things I wondered how they would tie them up that, um, I don't know, I was pretty satisfied with and, uh, and raised a whole new set of questions, but ones I, I thought, uh, I, I don't like need to immediately know the answer to. Like it was just sort of like, uh, uh, kind of a very awe inspiring kind of experience in a couple of ways. So that was it in a nutshell, as best I can summarize. Sure. So cool. Angela, how about you? Um, I've only seen it once and I have to say that when I walked out of the theater, I felt just overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm still processing it so that when, you know, when I went back to work today and my coworkers were like, they know I love Star Wars and that I'm on the show. And they were like, hey, you know, what did you think of the movie? And I, I didn't know what to tell them. Um, I wasn't disappointed by the movie. But I like just saying that I liked it doesn't seem right. So I just don't know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, completely It seems very fair. divisive. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's a very divisive movie uh, in the commentary that's going on online right now. Mm -hmm. So I understand that mm -hmm. sentiment. <laughs> well, picking in from that, Thomas, what was your experience of it? Okay, so I didn't like um, The Last Jedi. I, I didn't. I, uh, I It didn't feel right. I walked out of that movie not uh, appreciating it, and I felt really upset about the direction that it had taken. Uh, and halfway through this movie, I was like, okay, I'm good. This is, this is good. This, 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 this is, this is a Star Wars movie. We're good. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, it was way, way over the top, uh, in a lot of ways. And that's, that bothered me, but at the same time, it kind of made fun of itself for it. So that was, that was good too. I, I liked that. That was one aspect that I really liked about it. Um, but as, as far as the Star Wars movies goes, this was, this was it. And so, uh, it's interesting because I had a conversation with my wife afterwards about being upset about um, Ryan Johnson's take on Star Wars and how, you know, the, she said, well, what, what were we supposed to do? It was one director taking over for another director in a franchise that's got this huge fandom. And like, there's no way the guy could have won. He, there, there's no way he could have won. So he made the movie he was going to make. And I think that was a great way to frame it, because for me, then it says, OK, this was a person who was trying to put their stamp on on the Star Wars universe. And it it resists that in a way, especially in his main series of films. Uh, and so uh, Ryan Johnson's talked about coming back to do more Star Wars movies. I would really like to see him do a Star Wars movie that was a Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie that wasn't part of the main mm -hmm. line of Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, coming out of this movie going, okay, that I, it, something felt right about this one that just felt off about The Last Jedi. And I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but it, it was there. It was definitely there. I would echo a lot of those same sentiments, actually. Um, but uh, first uh, or last up, Andrew, what what was your experience? Walking out of the theater, I had all the feelings. <laughs> it was very overwhelming. Uh, it was jam packed. Uh, it was quite a ride. It, def it was definitely not boring. It was uh, the the pace was very like I said. It was jam packed to fit a lot into the two hours and twenty some odd minutes of runtime. And it kept going and going. And uh, I guess I had that going for it. But for the most part, because of Emperor Palpatine coming back, even though there, I still have a lot of questions about how he came back. And, and I know we'll get into that, I'm sure. But just having him back was, was great. 
and I thought that they ultimately thought it was shaky, but they landed they landed the plane. I, th- I mm-hmm. thought because ultimately I liked the Last Jedi. Uh, I have my problems with it. Mostly has to do with uh, how they handled Luke's character, but overall I did like a lot of the chances um, and risks that Ryan Johnson took. I ultimately liked that movie, uh, and what I liked most about that movie was the Kylo and Ray connection. Mm-hmm. Out of all the things JJ could have taken from the Last Jedi, probably the only thing he took was that Kylo and Ray connection and expanded on that. And that's what mm-hmm. I loved most about the about this movie. I thought he did an even better job than Ryan did as far as their relationship and like the potential of their uh, their force powers. And it played a pivotal role in, in the film. That's something I wish they even explored a little more. But ultimately, it, it was uh, something that, like like Angela, I've only seen it once. So there's still a lot I need to process. I definitely need to go see it again to ultimately ha- know what how I truly feel about it. But there was, I did have disappointments about it. And we'll get into it. But ultimately, I love the ending. And I love Kylo. Kylo is... If anything mm-hmm. from this new trilogy, you know, uh, if there's anything we were to gain was was that character, and I and I love his character from from Force Awakens to, to you know to uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I loved his whole arc, uh, and I thought that they did him justice, and ultimately, you know, wrapped at least this new trilogy up. I don't know if they, I could say it's the best ending for all nine films, but I feel like you know at least for this trilogy, they did the best they could considering that they really had no plan from the beginning, which I think is the ultimate fault and, and kind of weakened each film in, in this uh, uh, trilogy. Um, the fact that there was no vision is, is really what hampered it down. But as a film on its own, if you're just going to judge it by itself, I thought it was, it was Star Wars. It was, it was a great movie. It was a fun ride. Awesome. Yeah. I think I sort of would echo some of your all all of your guys's points actually but like like Angela I still don't even know how to like verbally describe uh how how I'm how I'm feeling my my pastor did the same thing he walked into my office yesterday and was like so what'd you think and I was like well I I I liked it <laughs> I enjoyed it um the the word that I kind of kept going back to was was I felt satisfied by it um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like euphoric jumping with joy as I walked out of the theater. <laughs> um, I think that was more of an experience with, uh, the force awakens when I first went and saw that. Um, but it was, yeah, there, there's something just awesome about sitting in the theater and seeing the, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then the opening John Williams, uh, music that is just so star Wars. Um, so, so yeah, I, I very much, uh, enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I'm glad they they landed the, the the sequel trilogy in the way that they did the the redemption of of Ben Solo, um, those sorts of things, and um, it's not, and and I'll get get into this I think um, kind of at the at the end, but it's it's uh, I, I think it was a fitting conclusion to the to the trilogy as it is. It's not the story that I wanted, but it is a a, a, a good conclusion I felt. So um, I also wanted to, to talk about uh, before we kind of just jump into all sorts of corners of the movie, uh, favorite and least favorite part of the movie. So I, I'll, I'll go first and then I'll kind of let you guys uh, jump in on this. And I know there might be multiples for each, but um, I think for me, at least my absolute favorite part of the whole movie was how they dealt with with Carrie Fisher and her her role as as Leia. It was 
somewhat obvious, I think, watching the movie that you could tell the scenes were sort of um, stitched into the movie without necessarily being meant for it. But I I really appreciated every time she appeared on camera. I was like, oh, it's Carrie. It's it's, you know, Princess Leia. And, um, but in particular, I really liked uh, her role in the redemption of her son. And that was essentially how she how she sacrificed herself in order to redeem um, Ben Solo. So that was kind of my favorite part. My least favorite part, I started to write something down and I'm going to go with it, but then I'm going to clarify it because I thought about it a little more. I I had written down originally my least favorite part was General Hux's role um, because it was just so diminished and stunted and he was such a, a fun villain to kind of watch. Um, and I put that originally as my least favorite because I wanted to see more of him. But... To clarify, as I was thinking more about it, actually what it what it did for me was I think uh General Hux kind of embodies uh the 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 cardinal or the the capital sin of 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 envy, rather. Because he's a he ends up being the spy who is leaking information to um to the resistance, but he's not doing it for noble intentions at all. He he says, I don't care who wins, I just want Kylo Ren to lose. And and envy has this whole thing that you are sad at another's good. And of course, for for General Hux, it's his perceived good that Kylo Ren has become the supreme leader and he has all the power and General Hux is being forced down. But but it, it at least kind of revealed that, OK, if you're going to go down the road of envy, you might actually do something right. But it's it's for the completely wrong reasons. And he kind of meets the end of that. And that's betrayal and, and death. So. I still, I think, wish I would have seen him more in the movie, but he at least served a role that said, okay, envy is not the way to, to choose to do things. And I guess what, it, you know, what, what was your guys' favorite, least favorite part? And we'll just kind of uh, reverse the order. Andrew, what was, what was that for you? My favorite scene, hands down, was at the end when, when now Ben Solo is facing the Knights of Ren, and he and uh, Ray are forced having their little force projections with each other and Ray handing him the lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber to ultimately defeat the Knights of Ren with was just that, 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 that gave me chills. And, and, and that encapsulates what I love most about, like I mentioned earlier about this, this trilogy is the, their potential together. If they were both on the same side, whether it was dark or good, I mean, they would be unstoppable. And, and, I just thought that was uh, I was uh, I was clapping and cheering at that moment. <laughs> I think the only time I did. Well, actually, no, there were a few other times, um, but certain cameos that we'll get into, I'm sure. Um, my least favorite scene, you know, as much as I like I said, I love the emperor being back whenever they would show like any exposition about how he got there. I just felt like it was just kind of shoehorned in. Like the him talking about uh, having a, a grandson, uh, having a son, and and then having a granddaughter. Like the whole backstory when they were showing the flashbacks uh, of Ray's backstory, and her kind of remembering things uh, mm-hmm. or or seeing it through the forest. However, it worked. All of it didn't make much sense. That aspect of the film, I feel like for for a character like Palpatine to to have had a family and to have no mention of it ever <laughs> throughout the whole uh, saga. You know, I'm not sure if it's in any of the canon novels or anything like that. I, I haven't really read too many of them, but uh, the, the fact that this family has never been talked about before and, and there there was no real 
great setup for it. It, it, it kind of like uh, every time that that came on, I was like, well, I kind of need more than that. You know, I, I wish I wish we had a little more. And from the opening crawl, I mean, you have Palpatine sends a broadcast out. You know, whatever it said, I'm like, oh well. I guess <laughs> we're not setting that up. Like it's, uh, you know, he's here and, and, and everyone knows it. So that kind of, that, that really bothered me most about the film. And I, if I had to narrow it down to a scene, I would say the, the whole explanation of, of Ray's parentage kind of just didn't work for me. Okay. Fair enough. Do you play Fortnite? I do not, but I did hear about that <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs> I don't play yeah. it either, but yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the the message that Emperor Palpatine sent out to the galaxy was actually apparently released in Fortnite the week before it came out in theaters. So they all knew that he was back, and we had to wait. <laughs> uh, Thomas, what about you? Oh, I, uh, I I agree with Andrew on my least favorite scene the uh, the the revelation of her backstory uh, just didn't fit. And um, it, I, I would say like the two things that I really wanted to be kept from um, Ryan Johnson's uh, iteration were, were the relationship between her and Ben and the um, and her parentage not being anybody. I, I really wanted that. I liked that. I thought that was a good uh, kind of kick in the teeth. Like she's a super powerful Jedi, but she doesn't have the lineage of a Jedi. Great. Okay, this, this is a new thing. Uh, so I was really I was really disappointed in that that decision. But in trying to make a two and a half hour movie fit together and give her any reason to do anything, which is something that she hasn't had at all in the trilogy ever, uh, what it was important to make her have a reason to go and face Palpatine. And she didn't have it before that. So um, I, I understand why it was done. And I understand also why it felt hasty and kind of didn't fit together. But the turn of that is that I think I liked her character more in this movie than I did in any of the, in either of the others. Um, it, she felt like she fit. She felt more natural. Uh, she really worked through that whole sequence. And then my favorite part of the movie uh, is the last scene when she's on Tatooine. And she's burying the lightsabers and she stands up and you see the setting twin suns mirroring this, the death of the Skywalkers. But she carries on that the name and that I, I, they bought that scene really, really well throughout the entire course of the movie. Talking about the diet between uh, her and Ben and the whole concept of the twins, like going separate paths and then coming back at the end because that's important for them. It, it was really that was just very poetic, very well done. And that, that, I think, is what really bookended the whole movie. Like, it really made the whole thing just kind of close on a note that you felt really good about. Angela? <laughs> um, well, when you said favorite part, um, I didn't interpret that as scene. It doesn't so have to be seen. I'd have to say, yeah. Um, my least favorite thing about the movie in general was the pacing, actually. Um, I prefer to kind of you know, have those moments where you can really rest with the characters and get into what's going on with them and their minds and their, um, I do like backstory kind of stuff, but you know, dialogue, um, just really seeing characters interact with each other. Um, so those moments where we were able to like <laughs> be on the same set for like more than a few seconds or a minute was great for me. Um, but yeah, it just felt like dominoes falling the whole movie. And I just felt like, wow, this is so much. I think that's why I just felt overwhelmed. Um, my favorite part or thing about the movie is 
for me, I just felt like everything was tied together from the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy. Um, in particular with, oh, and the animated series and all kinds of stuff. In particular with uh, the scenes in the Sith, the Sith Temple. I can tell you that, you know, I've listened to, like up to this podcast, I've listened to a lot of people talking about this movie. And I don't think any of them mentioned that opening scene where we see Kylo walking into the Sith Temple. And I was just like on the edge of my seat. My mouth was wide open. Like, I just love that stuff. Um, and from watching Star Wars Rebels, I knew that it was a Sith Temple. Mm -hmm. So I was super, super excited about that. Um, and also just the the moment when Rey hears those voices when she's in the Sith Temple and she hears those voices of the Jedi uh, of the past. And um, that also to me was, I won't spoil anything, but to me that was a, that was a connection with Rebels as well. And um, I just loved it. I loved how everything felt so connected in those moments. And um, th those are the things that you know, I love about Star Wars is that spiritual side of it, as well as like just getting right into that story meat of it. So those are the things that I loved and did not like. Awesome. Mike, you're up next. I I uh, echo a lot of what you guys said about, you know, at least the way the Palpatine thing was was brought about. But I think, Thomas, is something you said kind of made me think, too, about, you know, um, in, in a way it, it's like. It's almost like you could say if you're sitting around and you're like, well, what would Ray do if she found out she were a Palpatine? You know, like it's right. kind of like and then it answers that, I think, in a really satisfying way. But but to do that, it it seems like it. I don't know how else they could have come about without it just kind of seeming a little clunky in some ways. Um, so I definitely thought, you know, I'm still kind of you know grappling with that a little bit. But um, the thing that I actually had down, um, I'll just mention in passing real quick because I kind of changed my mind about my least favorite part because at first it was that I was still a tad confused about the chosen one prophecy thing. <laughs> um, but uh, I've had a lot of development on that since I typed it up and I might get into that a little bit later. So I punted on that one and I'm going to go with a really stupid and sort of superfluous one. Where in God's name is Luke's green lightsaber? Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. something because for me that that was like always one of my favorite sabers. And, you know, you see it in the flashback in The Last Jedi um, and then nothing. And then, you know, he shows up on crate and it's he's got the blue one, but not really because he's so anyway. The, was, and I remember seeing it that in the theater and like that was bothering me. Like of all the other debates and discussions people mm -hmm. had, I kept coming back to like, where's this green one? Like, so, you know, and then I kept thinking, like, well, yeah, you know, maybe. Oh, hey, you know, like Kylo's going good. Maybe he's going to go back to Octo and get get the green one and then i was like oh no okay leia's secret one okay well, that's cool too so like I, it was really like maybe just not that important but it was just a big like question <laughs> i had um that is still unanswered so but my my favorite part by far is just you know i mean ben's arc broadly uh but man that just the end of that fight through the interaction with with han um you know, and, and just that whole scene. I mean, I, I could watch that over and over and over again. First of all, I'm a huge sap. Secondly, the, I just for me personally, like the the undoing of um, 
the undoing almost verbatim of what happened on the catwalk. Mm -hmm. Like the, some of the dialogue is the same. So in the whole, like, you know, and when, when before, when he says in force awakens, you know, I know what I you know have to do, but I don't know if there's strength, you know, will you help me? And, and then it goes south, of course, but this time, you know, I don't know if I have the strength and Han's very encouraging, like you do, it, you know, and just, um, you know, my, my son is alive. Kylo Ren is dead. Like all of the, like tons of spiritual stuff packed in that mm -hmm. so many, for me, so many Catholic things, mm -hmm. you know, um, and the most important thing of all, I think for me and all of that is I wanted his redemption, but I didn't really, I don't think dare to sort of imagine it where it, it could come about through obviously Leia's role in that scene in a big way. Uh, and I'll get to that later, but uh, some of my thoughts on that, but, uh, the big kicker for me is the idea of, of Han needing to forgive him. Like it's, you know, you can't just say, I'm sorry. And then you move on. Like the idea of it has to somehow be some kind of atonement, you know, with, in this case, like his greatest sin. Um, mm -hmm. and that there, there had this, this, that restoration or that bond, that, that act of mercy, that love, that forgiveness, uh, specifically from him. And even to slip in that very Han like line, you know, when he's like, dad, like I'm tearing up as I'm watching it, of course. <laughs> he's like, dad. And he's just like, I know. I'm like, oh man, that's, that's Han. <laughs> like that's Han's line, right? <laughs> you yeah. know? So anyway, I just, that was, I mean, absolutely for me, the most incredible part of that, you know, in terms of an interaction, at least. So I love that part. Well, then there too, I love, I love the fact that he knows it's all in his head. And so it's, <laughs> it's him accepting the, the forgiveness that Han had already given him. Yeah. But like internalizing it, you know, like really in, taking in that moment, moment to, where he touched his yeah. face. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and there was a there was a number of things, too, that about that that was uh, pretty cool. I was uh, talking with a friend um, about it and he said, did, did you catch the fact that it was all like baptismal sort of imagery? <laughs> like, OK, I mean, and I and I started to connect the docs afterwards. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, they were on a water world for one. And of course, that's mm. not, you know, inherently. Uh, a connection to baptism, but it's still there. Uh, mm. The water world, um, just the whole notion, Ray stabs him with his lightsaber in the same way that, that Kylo Ren stabs Han in The Force Awakens. Mm. So it's a reversal of that. Mm. Um, the same lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. same lightsaber, yeah. everything. Um, yeah. And, that, and there's, a, there's a real sense that that's the moment of redemption and, and his parents play a role, just as parents would play a role mm -hmm. in, in the baptism of their child. Um, there's a, a literal, well, literal figurative death of the old self as mm -hmm. Kylo Ren dies and even Kylo Ren or Ben Solo at that point, throwing his lightsaber into the water mm -hmm. is, is another just symbolic That's death. Paul, Paul in Galatians too. You yeah. know, I, I have been crucified with Christ, the life I now live, you know, so the idea he's living this new life that's been given to him from outside himself, right. you know, just, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> There's there's a lot there to go with. And I guess I wasn't expecting it to happen that early on in the movie. Mm, so yeah. that was that was a surprise for me. I'd, I'd like to talk about the characters because I think that um, I, I don't know if it's just that the actors really fell into their roles or if the writing was just that much stronger. But I felt like they had a lot more in common in this movie. And. That's one of the things that I love about the original three movies is that you always feel like they just have this great camaraderie, even if mm -hmm. they're at odds, even if there's something weird going on. There's always this great camaraderie between them. And uh, 
I just did not feel that until this movie until, you know, they, they were actually just, and it was, I mean, the breakneck pace was important to it because it kept them moving actively together as a group. But uh, there was also just a, a rapport between them. It didn't, it didn't exist for me before this film. When it happened right from the beginning with them, I love them around the, uh, the chess table. You know, and like calling right. him a cheater. And then like like Oscar Isaacs, like especially like, you know, you're 250 years old. Of course, you're better than us. You know, it just, it just felt it felt fun, felt very Star Wars like. It makes sense, though, that um, basically we've only seen two movies when it comes to the mm. timeline, because right. seven and eight, ha they happen one after another mm -hmm. and they just met. Really, right. mm -hmm. I mean, all these characters. So, you know, I, you know, a lot of people are kind of pointing to this as, oh, this makes it so much stronger than eight. But I really think that's not necessarily fair because eight was just a continuation of something we had just, you know, we and had were, really just gotten. Yeah. 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 So now that years have passed in the story, it, yeah, it does make sense. And I did like that as well. Yeah, I think the fact that they were just, yeah, all together and they made it a point. Uh, there were many, many times in the film where, you know, Ray is like, I'm going to go do this by myself. And then Finn and or Poe will be like, no, we're coming with you. They, they, mm. There's nothing you can say that can stop us. So I think, I mean, that was that was one. I don't know if you want to call it a a, a course correction or, or, or whatever from The Last Jedi. But like you said, in The Last Jedi, they were they were separated. And in this one, they just they they made it a point, you know, to to have them all together uh, for a good good portion of the film, and and they all had a role in each other's you know success and ultimate victory at the end. So yeah, that's something. Just their chemistry, I think, you know, shined throughout in this film more than any of the other ones. And and I thought that was a real accomplishment, considering that I don't think you know Finn and Ray didn't have any scenes together in Last Jedi. So I really enjoyed that that aspect. And I wrote. Can we talk about Finn? Oh. Yeah, Very please. Good. Let's talk about Continue. Finn, please. Dude, let's talk oh. about Finn. <laughs> yes, I definitely want to talk about Finn. What did you guys think of his Force mm. faith that he has now? Um, I know a lot of people have been saying Force abilities, but the more I think about it, uh, yes, there is like a certain hint at Force ability when he supposedly senses that something's gone wrong with Ray, um, that she's in pain or something. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I think it's more maybe over time he has realized hanging out with Leia, perhaps that, um, you know, the force is a real thing and, um, he's, you know, we've had kind of hints in the past episode seven in particular, that there are people who kind of belong to this church of the force type thing, um, that aren't necessarily, you know, have a lot of midi chlorians in their blood. So, which by the way, we made it a whole half hour way, in before that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all know that um, seven, eight, and nine, according to George Lucas, were supposed to be all about the the uh, midi chlorians yeah. and the yes. wills? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Take, yeah. Take so that, I'm glad George. we didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, well, I, I just happy. to 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 um. To mention something about this with Finn, because I was uh, I was curious when I came out, I I kept going back to like, what was it he wanted to tell her? And and actually, um, yeah. I just saw the other day that in a screening, I think on Friday or Saturday, 
some special screening somewhere uh, in the panel that came up afterwards. J.J. Abrams specifically answered that question and said that Finn wanted to tell her about his mm-hmm. his force sensitivity, whatever, whatever you right. want to call it. So that that's yeah. what he he wanted well, to talk to her about that. So I was like, uh, okay. John Boyega uh, tweeted he was not going to tell her that he loved her. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what he was going to say. <laughs> Which is, and and I and I think that was it was a good thing that they that they've gone there. And I like that there are more characters that are popping up with this kind of like uh, attunement to the Force that's not uh, a Jedi attunement, but just um, I mean it, it's a thing that exists. It's a thing that's real uh-huh. in their world. And and to have only the Jedi be uh, able to access it is really it's it's very limiting. And so mm-hmm. you, know, you got characters like Trout, and um, you know we talked about Quill uh, in the last Mandalorian episode, and how he was um, had that greater sense of what the Force was, and kind of that almost yeah. religious uh, perspective on it. And so I really like now that we have one of the mainline characters that has that same kind of thing. We don't know if he's a Force user or not, but. Um, you know, but he he does have that sensitivity to it that's just a little bit higher than like your average uh, fuzzy dice in the mirror of their uh, spacecraft. <laughs> so it's, almost like, it's almost like a laity, you know, and I, I'm not not to you know, make a clerical distinction, but but that I mean, there is definitely like a monastic, obviously, aspect of the Jedi. And then the mm-hmm. idea of like, it can't, can't just be them. And then nobody else has any sort of intuition or any sort of faith. And I think that's a good way to put it. You guys have been saying like they're like a a faith in the force, you know, but I think that's also something that Ryan Johnson brought up with the last Jedi, uh, the, mm-hmm. yes. the, the little kid at the very end of the movie, um, mm. and using the force to, to draw that broom to himself. Um, yeah, that, that notion that, that you can be quote unquote, a nobody and still be able to, to feel the force and use the force. And, um, I, I, I appreciate that a lot. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, that's one of the things that really bothered me about the film. Uh, I like I like the fact that he was force sensitive. I thought that was really a, a very interesting, you know, aspect to his character. And uh, but and I and I saw the I saw the quote from the interview where where they mentioned that he was going to tell her that oh he was having these force sensitive uh, things going on with him. But in the in the movie, they really set it up. To, to make you think like he wanted to say that he was in love with her because right. why like why else would he mm-hmm. want to keep it a, a secret from from uh from finn and uh from poe i mean um and why would he like wait till he's about to die to tell her i, I feel like what's why wouldn't he tell her that he's force sensitive or might be force sensitive you know before that i i couldn't find a good reason for that and and like i said the movie like I didn't, I didn't think that was a possibility until I saw the interview. Like I didn't even think of that. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys did, but I was like, man. I, and there was no payoff at the end. Like they had that group right. hug at the end. They, they didn't even have to. They didn't even have a moment. Like where like, can, you gotta. Like, can I be a Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, uh, they could have at least teased it. I don't know somehow. Like maybe show mm-hmm. them like, you know, floating a, a, a floating some rocks up in the air or something. But uh, they really there was really no payoff for, for that whole thing they set up in the film for, for, uh, for Finn. So I kind of felt bad for him. Um, and, uh, as, as much as, uh, as much as I loved the story, his, his involvement in the story, I felt like his character development, uh, you know, kind of took a backseat. You know, they introduced mm-hmm. the force stuff, but like they did the, the whole like b- battle between him. And I guess he kind of already, 
rose above that his battle you know between you know his his past and 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 being a part of the good guys now but i feel like he was just kind of a you know just a an instrument but it didn't get resolved it didn't get resolved in the last jedi either that's that that's the thing that bothered me about his uh, about his arc in the last jedi is that he has this moment where he rises to the occasion he becomes courageous he's sacrificing himself and then it's completely robbed from him and like you're like oh no and and so they don't really they don't deal with that at all in this movie, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's got to be more to that story, because that was that was a big moment for him. And to just have it kind of taken away and like swept out from under him. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the character that he has become, but there is a step missing in there. You know, I feel like they kind of referenced that um, that first was the Battle of Crate um, when they're on the destroyer and he's there with uh, was it Janna? Mm-hmm. Or what, yep. what's the name of that new character? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I think so, yeah. So, um, and he's like, no, I'm going to stay here. He tells Rose, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to stay here. We're going to get this thing done. And she's just like, she kind of looks like she's frozen. Like, she hesitates. Like, should I really let him stay in this dangerous situation? And in my mind, I almost saw her kind of like flashback to Crate where, right. you know, she saved him. So um, I I did like that moment, even though it was short and Rose didn't really do that much in this movie. But um, it did kind of feel like they have um, at least Rose has made some some growth in that area where she Mm -hmm. did kind of learn that lesson. Like, okay, I'm going to trust my friend and this is what he wants to do. And this is important. So, you know, we're going to this is a team effort type of thing. Can I uh, if it's not. Too much of a subject change. Can I throw in just a thought or two about the the use of humor for sure. just a second? Because yeah. I, I just you know again I I don't want to you know I I personally did you know enjoy um in, I I love all the movies but I I did enjoy Last Jedi for different reasons but I remember when I first saw it that first scene where Poe taunts <laughs> Hux I laughed I laugh real hard I still do when I see that <laughs> but the more I reflect on it I just I think my criticism of that and there's some of that in in that movie. I just don't feel like that's the most organic humor to Star Wars. It, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of like Jar Jar. I hate to bring him up, but <laughs> it's like it's not it's not the setting for that. You it know, bothered and, me, it bothered me the most because it completely infantilized the First Order. Yeah, and that, well, that's right. that's the thing that really bugged me about the Last Jedi was that yeah. the First Order is not a credible threat. I, well, I, and, I and, didn't and Hux, feel that you know, at all. In, in Force Awakens, I mean, Hux comes across. I mean, I just rewatched him again this week to prep, and it's like, Hux, you know, I'm, I think he comes across as a pretty kind of scary Nazi stor- sort of like his speech, <laughs> his speech on Starkiller Base is scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it t- turned him into this like goofy, like, you know, and even the way he, like, his facial expressions and his acting in Last Jedi is more, like, it's, it just wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I felt some correction with that in this one. Mm-hmm. Where the banter, like I love when when they're on Kajimi and the Spice Runner thing comes out, and he's like, "You were a Spice Runner? Like, oh, you were a Stormtrooper? Oh, you know, <laughs> yep. scavenger? Huh? You know, like I can do this all day." <laughs> like the idea, which we've talked about in the show before, not, not other spoilers, but the 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 idea of like second chances, you know, and choosing mm-hmm. a new path, and how that's the case with all of them, which is cool. But I, my favorite, honestly, I love it for me personally. You know, agree to disagree, that's fine. You know, but the I really liked it was the simplest thing in the whole movie when he does when she does the lightsaber pass off and Ben's holding it 
and he does he just does that little like bow he's just like oh. yeah you know <laughs> i love that like, oh my gosh was, i love that it, it was something like han like about that like there was mm-hmm. like a little mm-hmm. you know i think like in his last moments he's not he's not been for long in this movie but and he doesn't say much but there's just there is something like i think snoke hinted at it you know you have too much of your father's heart in you and then we finally get mm-hmm. to see like well yeah as it turns out you know he didn't want to be for a long time but he is his dad's son you know and to kind of like once he once he finally lets go of that they can even fit in even when he jumped on the chain you know and he's just like ow yeah. you know like there was just he was he was he was fragile but he was also his full self so like you know he's he's powerful he's exactly who he's supposed to be which right. includes weakness and vulnerability and, and all that stuff he's been mm-hmm. trying to run from and in, in this pursuit of being strong and all that so but i, I yeah i thought the, the humor i just thought was much much better in this you know not too much not too little mm-hmm. you know so I, I enjoyed that. To kind of jump off that a little bit, uh, I want to mm-hmm. I want to jump into C three PO's story because <laughs> he he was the one that I found like he he's always been the comic relief. Uh, you know, I remember Attack of the Clones and his head is dragging along the sand and he's like, oh, this is such a drag. And, you know, the the dad <laughs> puns, right? I'm beside myself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and in this in this uh, the movie, you know, I I just burst out laughing when. And I don't even remember what point of the movie it is, but Babu Freak is mentioned again, and and C three PO after his memory wipe, he's like, "Oh, Babu, he's my, he's my oldest friend, he's my best, my oldest friend." <laughs> yeah. it, so I, I appreciated his humor, but I also just I really liked his story arc. He was way more involved in the story than I mm-hmm. expected him to be, mm-hmm. um, and and his role as as a droid, I thought well, they they kind of. They, they they tease out the fact that he's more than just a droid. He's he's got, you know, his his own personality and 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 as much as they kind of joke about treating him as just a droid, I really liked the fact that he was basically given the choice to sacrifice his memory for mm-hmm. for the team. He wasn't just kind right. of forced into it, but he mm-hmm. he got to choose for himself to, you know, give up this and, you know, that's when he says, you know, I'm I'm looking one last time at my friends and um, you know, on, on go the tears, but, um, but yeah, so I loved his, his arc, um, and, and wanted to know what you guys kind of thought about, about that. I loved it. I loved, uh, I, I did love his arc. Uh, I loved everything that you said about his, the choice that he had to make and it was very logical for him. I mean, granted he is a, a droid and, and he doesn't really have, you know, it can't really convey feelings, but this is star wars i mean we know he has feelings and he cares about his friends and th- that that line even though they they teased it in the trailer i, I thought they shouldn't have put it in the trailer but i thought it would have uh had more impact um if they just uh let it play out in the film marketing for films these days is horrible i mean they they, they ruin everything <laughs> but anyway yeah i uh the only the only aspect about his storyline that I, that i didn't like it's more uh it's it's more a commentary on the film as a whole. I totally did not think he was going to be gone forever. Like I didn't feel right. like there were any stakes. Right. Like I right. I totally like knew like okay, R2 is going to have a backup of his memory and and that was that was it was going to be fine. But in the moment obviously it was it was still emotional. Um they 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 sold it well. But I felt like just the movie in general one of the uh, drawbacks from the film i didn't feel like the stakes were high enough for a movie that's the the final movie uh, a lot of things just were too convenient 
mm-hmm. whether it was mm-hmm. C-3PO's memory coming back, whether them falling through the quicksand and just finding the dagger. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just so convenient. Uh, uh, every, uh, like, Chewie's okay. What, yeah, Chewie yeah. was okay. Yeah. I totally, I, yeah, I didn't think, I, I, I mean, as much as I love Chewie and as, and man, did he have a rough time in this new trilogy. But as much as much as I love Chewie, <laughs> I, I kind of wish that he he actually died, uh, you know, because just to feel some sort of, you know, stakes in this in this film, uh, the the fact that he was and he he was unscathed. I mean, he 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 was totally fine. I, I just wish that the film. I, I know I'm probably going into another topic, uh, but I wish the film had more stakes because at, at every turn, whenever there was a threat, you kind of just you kind of have the feeling like, well, it's going to turn out okay because this is probably going to happen. And we right. see, you know, Ben is probably going to have a role in the end. And yeah, so that, that's, that's all I wanted to bring up. Of course, all the ships have a, a, a world killing uh, gun on them. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> that was, I, I love that line. They needed that line because it it was just going to be Absurd. way too much to say. I, I um and uh, and yeah. I mean, I made my little prediction list. I always do before, and I put in an envelope very ceremoniously and give it to my wife. And I'm like, we'll open this after dinner, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I I had down. Um, I thought uh, Lando, Han, and Chewie. You know pull a you know randy quaid at the end of uh, independence day you know fly into something and blow something up kind of kamikaze thing or something you know some glorious thing and i i had down um r2 or 3po dies but not both so when all of them survived i mean i was happy because i i think maybe because i had so specifically predicted someone would go but i was well i was not expecting that I think maybe one of my my bigger critiques of the of the trilogy as a whole, um, it definitely kind of piggies back off of this, and I'm gonna uh, get on my soapbox here just just a little bit. Um, <laughs> I I I did enjoy the the trilogy, but I I agree that the there the stakes weren't quite there. Um, I think I think Chewie, I don't want to say I want him dead, but I think having him actually die in that moment would have would have pushed the story in ways that I think would have been really interesting and and necessary um and just set up the fact that the stakes that are high that you know people can die the the main characters can die and mm-hmm. and so just in general um i i did feel like the sequel trilogy is is still just a rehash of the empire you know emperor palpatine is back and he's you know it's the first order is really just a a new version of the em- the empire and the final order is is the final empire to to rule the galaxy, and that's kind of what he's about. So, for me, I enjoyed that, but I I just kind of felt it was a rehash of the same plot. Um, and then to go to my soapbox, uh, this is why I really really enjoyed um the the Legends universe when they were putting out novels, um you know, ten twenty years ago, um because something that they did was initially they they were writing novels and books and they they had to clear things with George Lucas and he wasn't going to let them kill off any of the main characters but then they started uh a 19 book series the new jedi order and in the in book 1 spoiler alert for this if you if you haven't gone there but this is decades old now um Chewbacca mm-hmm. has a moon land basically crush him to death in the very first book of this of this 19 book series and and what that did was it just anybody who's reading these books realized oh this is this is real P- the main characters can die and there is actual you know investment into these characters and you know i'm not just going to read another story about the adventures of han luke and leia and they're just going to 
you know, get to the end and all survive and everybody's happy. And so it set up the stakes of of the threat that they face throughout that whole series. And I just, I really, really, really love it. And it's one of those, I go back to those books all the time. And that's something that, sure, there were there were deaths in, in The Rise of Skywalker, um, but they didn't quite hurt very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Snap Wexley is one who dies in that final battle. I wanted to feel more bad about it. I, exactly. <laughs> I, I wasn't and, and, you, know, you can see Poe in the one trailer re- with that reaction, and he's yep. so intense. Like, you're like, who dies? And then when it's Snap, I felt mm-hmm. bad. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just him. Right. Okay. That's Wedge. Yeah. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> <Poor> snap. <laughs> it kind of makes you think, and, and and I totally got this feeling is that I know, like in, in all the uh, interviews and, and 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 the press junkets, they're all you know everyone obviously made it very clear, like this is the last film that you're going to see any of these characters, and you know we're this is the end of the Skywalker saga, and and. And, you know, we're, we're going to whatever movies we see going forward are going to be totally different characters, different corners of the universe, different timelines. But it, I got the feeling that I think that's not what they thought as when they were filming. Like, again, going back to, you know, Finn being force sensitive, I feel like that's they could have totally done a spinoff with him, you know, mm-hmm. and exploring that that aspect. The fact that like. That we like we're talking about keeping all the main characters alive. Mm-hmm. I feel like they maybe had a plan that down the road, you know, you play with these characters again. Yeah, I, I think something happened post production where I think the actors may have been maybe burnt out, maybe didn't want to deal with the pressure anymore. You know, you can you can theorize all you want about that, but I, I kind of got the sense that like there wasn't enough finality to, to, to the new, some of the newer characters. And, and maybe that's why we have all these questions is that maybe they were planning on answering them at some point, but it doesn't look like we will. I just saw somewhere John Boyega said, like they asked him about like Finn's story and he just goes, you're, Hey, you're not going to Disney plus me. <laughs> like so he, may be the first, he may be the first person to use Disney plus as a verb. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's, that's out supposedly. They did tease La- Lando and Jana. As right, a possible, right. As a possible you know, extension. Well, comic you, book? Or I don't know. The, the, the song that they played, just that brief little clip, I want to go back and double check, um, but uh, I was able to see it twice too, thankfully. But but the um, when she's talking to him at the end, um, that's, that's some of the same music from when uh, Luke and Leia were discussing being brothers and sister and stuff. And so I was, I don't know, like, I didn't expect that. I, I honestly thought that we were going to find out she was Finn's sister. That's kind of what I was hoping for, quite yeah. frankly. I thought that right. would have been nice, like, family connection finality for him. But I guess it wasn't really all that necessary. But speaking of Lando, I think Lando was awesome. I felt like they yeah. they used his character perfectly. And, and he uh, he kind of he played a pivotal role in the film. And they didn't just kind of put him in for, like, a funny cameo. Where right. he, he actually and, and it was. It was pivotal, was but not central. You know, it wasn't right. like yeah, it wasn't like uh, like we need to spend a whole lot of storyline on it. It's like, hey, you're gonna go get everybody and bring them here, and that's and that's good. It's really important, but also not like taking away from the story of the the new characters that we're coming to like and and learn about. And I had to laugh a little bit that like you know nobody came at the Battle of Crate, but all you got to do mm-hmm. is throw Lando at it, man. Like he's so <laughs> cool. Like, just just like that's just send Lando. You'll get the biggest fleet in the history of the galaxy because it's Lando. <laughs> One of the things that I liked about Lando's role was um, 
a theme that is central in Star Wars is fear. You know, from the very beginning, um, Anakin has a lot of fear. Um, then in, you know, the original trilogy, obviously Luke is facing his fears as well, um, about his father. And, uh, with Ray, we did see that a lot and that's a whole nother podcast for me. Um, but you know, the idea that, um, is it Zori, the new character, um, she tells Poe is, um, they win when they make you believe you're all alone. alone. And um, there was a lot of that fear for Poe in particular, um, that they weren't going to win because they were all alone and no one was going to come. And so, uh, you know, Lando's role also just like thematically was to reinforce that idea, you know, that, um, you know, that everybody needs to work together and that we aren't alone. We, um, we can do it together. And I, you know, I sense a lot of that throughout this whole trilogy really was the importance of friendship. And I mean, yeah, all of Star Wars, but, um, in this particular trilogy, I really felt like they were sending a message through, um, these movies socially. Um, and you could talk about, you know, socio-politically what's happening in this country right now, but, um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I think that happening with Lando's character, with Poe, with um, Ray, and all kinds of stuff is is fear and teamwork and all that. Yeah, I was gonna say that I I, I really felt that that too. That uh, community is is very uh, a strong theme um, seen with Lando and Chewbacca, but also even with um, Poe at the very end when he's like thrust into the to the role of being the general. And he doesn't know what to do. And Lando gives him a pep talk, but he goes to Finn and says, I can't do this alone. And he brings him on board. And so, so that whole idea just it really, I think, resonates with, with who we are as, as human beings is that, um, you know, when we are alone or feel like we're alone, that's when we're most vulnerable. Right. Um, and I really, I loved that dynamic too, because that's very uh, spiritual. That like mm -hmm. Satan's tactic, one of his tactics is to make you feel like you're alone. And of course, we're not. But when you feel like you're alone, you're way more vulnerable um, to all sorts of sin and temptations and to just kind of falling off the radar. Um, and I, I really I appreciated that because it, the, the whole movie kept drawing back like, no, we have to do this together. Ray tries to go off by herself and, and Poe and Finn are like, no, <laughs> we're coming with you. You know, and that whole that whole idea. And it was just kind of reinforced that that's that's basically how they how they win. Um, even Ray going down to um, Exegol and the, the Sith Temple and Ben joining her down there. Um, she wasn't alone. And that's and, and actually she she finally hears all the voices of the, the Jedi of, of the past, you know, giving her inspiration mm -hmm. and encouragement. And I and I loved that whole scene too because it I don't I don't know if you guys kind of saw this too but I I saw it as almost like um uh when when Ray was going there a descent into hell like she descends mm -hmm. down into mm -hmm. the pits of the Sith temple um, Emperor Palpatine is very clearly the the symbol of evil uh, uh, the Satan character and his focus on hatred and. Um, and it was, it was very eerie to see the, the, the legion of, of old Sith souls, if you want to call them that, that were chanting in the, in the stands. And 
and what what ultimately you know helps Ray defeat uh, the Emperor is is her her willingness to first of all not give in to her hatred and strike him down, but her willingness to sacrifice herself uh, mm-hmm. for for everyone was was I mean totally Christian in that sort of thought. And then of course Ben uh, helping her out too. I thought that was just a phenomenal scene. Ben's moment with Han when Han is talking with him, uh, he he references the the fear of being alone too, and and Han says, "No, you, 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 yeah, I know your mom's gone, but the things that she stood for are still there, you know, and like you can go back to that. That's that's what you need to go back to." And so there was also that encouragement to belong to the community there as well. And I think mm-hmm. the community of saints, you know, motif with the, mm-hmm. I and and I went back and forth on this a little bit because you know in terms of like trying to look at it from the standpoint of what what did I want versus what was there and, and did I want the wrong thing? Like, and I just, I kind of had that little debate and it was specifically about, I just, I, I think I wanted to see a bunch of force ghosts. And, and the more I thought about it, I thought, well, I think an argument can be made at least for that probably would have been more distracting than, than mm-hmm. their, than the voices. Because if I'm there looking like, oh, there's so-and-so and there's so-and-so and there's, you know, which don't get me wrong, it'd be cool. <laughs> but but it's like yeah. that, that wouldn't I more cool. I think about it, it wouldn't have been as effective. We're like, no, I'm focused on her. And she's and I had the, the Hebrews twelve quote, you know, the great uh, cloud of witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that that beautiful imagery, um, a lot of familiar voices in there, which also helped me for me personally, I think, clear up maybe a little bit of the chosen one thing, because I I feel like the chosen one thing is supposed to be just sort of a perennial mystery to some degree, <laughs> mm-hmm. because I, I mm-hmm. went back and looked at the actual transcript of it. And Hayden, you know, says, uh, bring balance, bring the balance, Ray, as I did. Um, the force surrounds you. Let it lift you like he's a couple lines in there. Um, and then they're all saying different stuff to her. And so I was just really, you know, for me, it's like, I think what was coolest for me, ultimately, with that whole scene was that. You know, she doesn't just kill him with a lightsaber. There's not some like, you know, fight. I mean, we've seen him lightsaber duel. Well, okay, don't need to see that again. What I loved for me, I found it incredibly satisfying that as as far as I saw, she got rid of him the way Mace started to and was Mm -hmm. interrupted. (laughs) That it's deflecting his own power back on him. And she that's basically how she pulls it off. Um, And that your own evil, you know, you can get all this power and all this, but it's ultimately going to backfire on you and destroy you Mm -hmm. Uh, that it's its own destruction i just there was a lot of that in there too i found very compelling yeah uh just to to go back to the point that you made about not seeing all the not seeing too many force ghosts i I had the same feelings like that would have been really cool but but like this is very much uh about ray and and she didn't know frankly she didn't know those other you know uh jedi that we would want to want to have had showed up. Um, she she probably would have looked at them and be like, "Oh, okay, you guys were Jedi. That's all, pretty much all I know about you guys." <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, so I think the and, and and then it probably would have been really really expensive to get all of them on on screen. So I yeah. think that might have had something to do with it. And like, do you think they just have like like you know Sam Jackson and some of these like do they just share like an like an MP3 on Google Drive? <laughs> You know, like or, something, like, or Dropbox, you know, JJ's like, just send me your clip here. I want you to say, okay, you know, because <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, and, and I also want to point out, um, will Star Wars finally learn its lesson and stop throwing people down pits? 
because <laughs> no one ever, ever is gone. So many pits. <laughs> when they're throwing down a pit. Like you'd think the emperor of all people should have been like, right. wait a minute. I was like, why is As he doing I that fell. to yeah, <laughs> why did he throw Ben down a pit? Yeah, that was, I was thinking the same thing. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. Well, you know, talking about the Force Ghost things too, I think it, I think it fit best with her character because she had been for the whole movie trying to summon up, you know, the be with me thing, the be with me thing, yep. be with me, be with me. And um, in this moment, they were, but they weren't. They weren't beside her. They weren't mm-hmm. uh, around her. They were in side of her you know and that that was the real thing is that she was she was looking for someone else to push her forward and what she really had to do was just summon it up from inside and and do it that way well it's like luke's, that, like, it's like luke's thing right like you know this is your right. fight yeah yeah and that's and that's what it came down to is like she really had to embrace who she was and move forward with it and um you know i i, I can't see of a storyline way to have gotten her to go as far as she did with this whole fight with the emperor and then made it work in a two and a half hour movie. But, uh, I really think that it would have been even better if, if there were no, like, there's no genetic reason why she is here. She's hmm. just the right person for the job. Right. Um, and, and that's it. That's, that's just all there was to it. I, I really, I think that would have been an even better, uh, it would have been an even stronger, uh, push for that, that storyline. But, you know, as it works out, it, it works out. I think it, I think you, by the end of the movie, you kind of see her, uh, she's shed who she is. And that's mm-hmm. why we get that, that really impressive moment at the end when she's asked who she is. And she says, Ray, and earlier in the movie, he, she'd said, no, just, just Ray. That's, that's it. And now at the, at the end, she turns around and looks and sees the twins and she knows that she's been adopted. Well, do you guys think it's more of a, cause I was wondering about this. I want to reflect on it more, but is it too much of a stretch? If like having her be Palpatine's granddaughter and and then also this sort of beneficiary in so many ways of the Skywalker's lineage, like that you had, you know, if you go back to the original trilogy, like the two Sith, you know, the Sith are, you know, Vader and Palpatine and that you have in this way, this converging in her, a, like a permanent destruction of that, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, you know, Palpatine's own granddaughter. There's almost like a redemption through her of that line. That's going to go on now and be, you know, I don't know. I just, I saw, I was, I'm thinking about some of that. Yeah. I, I, I totally liked the angle and, and I could see the angle. Um, and it makes sense that she's a Palpatine because it does a number of things. It, it explains, you know, why she was so powerful, you know, with the force without having been trained before. It, it also, uh, like you said, it kind of her ultimately defeating Palpatine and choosing the Skywalker name at the end just ends the the Palpatine line, and and mm-hmm. so there's no chance of uh, any more Palpatines running around, um, or at least anyone that could potentially be as powerful as him. Um, you know, turning like, to, like almost uh, like what he what Sith. he could have been if he hadn't turned to the dark side. You know, something like that. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, but again, the the only the only thing I think it, it lacked was. Uh, the backstory, um, right? As mm-hmm. uh, and but other than that, I think that was a good way to to kind of explain how how powerful yeah. she was. Well, and we as fans just sort of have this this natural instinct when we watch Star Wars that there is there is something to your legacy and to your ancestors, and I mean, so that's just sort of inherent in the whole story of Star Wars, uh, you know, from from all the movies, and so 
Um, I, I think it was it was natural to keep assuming that Ray's parents were not just quote unquote nobodies, but that there was some sort of ancestral lineage there to follow. But I think the movie also points, uh, kind of takes that, establishes that there is a lineage, but also kind of flips it and says that like family is important, but so is right, right. Like so, so <laughs> yeah. is your adoptive family, and and I mean, yeah. she is a Palpatine, but she doesn't actually claim that at the end. She claims right. to be. A Skywalker because it's her adoptive family. So it was one of sort my of wife's a, favorite things was the the adoptive stuff because she does stuff with foster care and, and so anyway that was just a big thing for her. She really really liked that. Um, you know, and and there was uh, I was reading an article online, uh, you know, too of just that's 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 even just the notion of spiritual adoption. You know, of who mm -hmm. we are as, as adopted sons and daughters of God. That you know, uh, blood is important, but but it's not everything. So I uh, really appreciated that. I will say I agree with my wife on one thing about the the prophecy, the balance of the force prophecy is that it it, it felt uh, incomplete that Ben died because you have in those two characters coming out of that moment, a, a character who didn't give in to their baser instincts, who overcame it um, as as a as a much more bright character. And then a character who really did dip into that darkness and has come back from that to find a better way. Um, in, in the two of them, you have this almost yin-yang kind of uh, balance that would have been a really great way to wrap things up. And that's my wife's one complaint coming out of the movie was like, man, you know, I mean, it's not it's not about Adam Driver or anything like that. But it's just like these two characters really offset each other very well. And they were supposed to be bringing balance to the force, right? This is, this is a good way to have done it. And then we're left with just Ray. And it's kind of, she felt really, she felt that that was a missed opportunity in that too. When I was talking to a friend of mine and, and he was like, why didn't, why didn't Ben just give her half of his force life? Like, like why did he have to give it all? <laughs> we were joking about like, you know, like just an endless, like, Okay, here's some right. of my life. And just, they keep going back and forth forever. Like, that's why that's you had to disappear, right? You had to just like... <laughs> okay, can't do that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, did we think that he should have been a Force ghost at the end? Or did, was it important to have it be Leia and Luke? Just those two. I, I don't know. I don't know. I felt like... Um, I think it may, may have been cool, but I, I think to really... Because they were on Tatooine and uh, she was on Tatooine and because it was selling the, you know, the, the, the fact that she's going to claim to be a Skywalker. And I know, I guess, yeah, Ben is a Skywalker too. But not as uh, much as the two of them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And may, yeah. Maybe he's, maybe he's still figuring out how to be a, a force ghost because <laughs> he was only a Jedi for like 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so so maybe you're still figuring that that part out. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanted I wanted to to quickly uh, mention. Um, uh, I wanted to ask everyone: uh, Do you guys did you guys also wonder like who the mom was? Like yeah, like <laughs> that because like when you're thinking and and also the the other big question is: um, Did did Palpatine you know have a child? you know, po post, uh, his, uh, post destruction <laughs> or, or <laughs> pre. Yep. So who would choose to, or, or <laughs> was it like even creepier? Did he just use his powers to coerce someone to, to sleep with him? Like, how did that work? Uh, 
whole bunch of questions. You don't have to do that uh, in Star that. Wars. Star Wars is like <laughs> science fantasy, so you can have right, all right, kinds right. of things frozen or whatever <laughs> made true. in a lab or people, something. People don't so. even use the bathroom really that much at all, apparently. So. <laughs> Except <laughs> in the Mandalorian, a, we see it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there were but a even bunch like, of Snokes. Like race I don't know what were the what were the backup Snokes like? What were they like? Oh, yeah. why, oh that was cool. What, what was he prepping those for? Were those like failed Snokes? Like I don't know what they yeah. were. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, and the other question that I had with this with the Snokes was, um, how how did Snoke have a connection to the Force? Like if he's just a clone, and and I and I, and the reason that I'm asking this question is because I think there might be a connection to the Mandalorian here, um. You know, Snoke is is obviously just a, a a created being, a clone, and um. So I'm wondering if somehow in that process, you, the Emperor, I don't know, had to somehow inject him with, uh, dare I say it, midichlorians. Um, but you know that could be related to why Moff Gideon in the Mandalorian is so bent on getting Baby Yoda. There's been some canon stuff about like you know sort of haunted items you know i, I hate to mm. say it but there, there were there were a lot of harry potter connections too but the, yeah. you know like a horcrux type thing but but um snoke's ring supposedly from mustafar and there's some i don't know there, there's i haven't read that but I, i've um i've seen some hints at some of that stuff that that those there might have been sith sorcery sorcery involved in some way shape or form i, I don't know though well and there was also uh, this is kind of off topic a little bit but um and i'm forgetting the name of it but but there's that the idea that by touching an item you can sense the past of that particular item and and it's in it's in the yeah, video game force power yeah it's in the video game jedi right. fallen order and i just i haven't played it enough to know and i think um right. one of the one of the jedi um quinlan voss i think in rebels yes um has that ability to sense the past of an object when he touches it um, Ray does it twice. Uh, she does it with yeah. Anakin's lightsaber, and right. she does yeah. it with the Sith with the Sith dagger. Yep. When she picks yep. up yes. the Sith dagger, she knows yep. the history of where it's been. Yep. So. Um, the other connection to the Mandalorian that I think that we haven't yet touched on was just uh, the the Force ability, the Force healing ability that Ray mm-hmm. exhibits. Uh, and I and I was <laughs> having seen the Mandalorian, I wasn't surprised at all to see it in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, but for those that hadn't seen the Mandalorian, I think it was good that they introduced it as her healing that snake creature first before, mm. before then healing mm. Ben Solo later on in the movie. Well, and, that, and that's apparently an exceptionally rare ability. And the only time we have an indication of it before, uh, some of the later legend stuff where it talks about, um, Luke's son or grandson having that that ability is that uh, it was a Sith power, like the the ability to heal, put things back together wasn't actually a a Jedi power, and and there are, are small instances of it, but it's it's very very rare. So it's an interesting thing that they bring up in the movie uh, that that's a capability that she has. Yeah. So does that make it inherently uh, a Sith power or a Jedi power? No. Or is it no. just using the Force? I think this is. This is the new canon, so yeah. I, it seems that they've made it a Jedi power. Um, in the past, it's it showed up in both situations, and they destroyed that kind of hierarchy of mm-hmm. like there is a right and wrong way to do things. Well, I feel like too. I, I you know I think the interesting thing to me was the contrast between 
you know, and I, I kept going back and rewatching the, I love the, you know, the, the, the opera scene, of course, from, from episode three, and then just some of the connections and the rest of that with, you know, what's he trying to do, you know, Palpatine that is, and, and, you know, the power to cheat death, you know, as he refers to it and that kind of thing where it's, it's always about, and, you know, again, a real Christian connection here, right? Like it's always about taking that fruit off the tree. Like in one way or the other, it's it's there's something I'm going to abuse or manipulate, you know, to my own advantage, where the two times or well, the three times, but well, is it four now? <laughs> four times we've seen force healing. Like it was, I think it's three in this movie and then, uh, you know, the other one. But uh, the idea that it's like I'm giving of myself life to you, you know, um, mm-hmm. even if it might kill me. Um, which is absolutely as far opposite of what Palpatine ever would do, you know? Um, so I, I really like that too. The idea of, you know, that, that everyone, and then I think if you look at all the movies now too, it's just, it's cool that every Skywalker does this, you know, that, that Vader gives his life, you know, in this way to save Luke, uh, Luke gives his life to save Ray and save the resistance. Leia gives her life for Ben, you know, and for Ray, Ben gives his life for you know, it's I just love that that becomes the legacy of this family that they go through a lot they struggle you know do some terrible things sometimes but in the end you know the last thing that they do is is that so I I really I really thought that was pretty powerful and, and a good usage of that as a force power for that too um I think uh we're running a bit late on time so let's kind of wrap this up did you guys have anything final that you kind of wanted to throw out there as a major thing that you wanted to to say You wanted to rank them Yep yep <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i wanted to to throw out the uh the the ranking system of the nine major uh episode movies so and just kind of a i wanted to see what everybody thought um in terms of where the rise of skywalker fits in with all of that um and so i'll go first and then i'll kind of let you guys uh fill in what you guys think as well um so for me my rank of the nine goes from in my opinion my favorite to least favorite uh, favorite would be episode five, the empire strikes back. Uh, second favorite would be episode two attack of the clones. I know that might be a bit controversial, but that was my first one that I saw in theaters and it's also where Django fed is. So I kind of love that one. <laughs> um, third on my list was the force awakens episode seven. And then I placed the rise of Skywalker as fourth on my list underneath the, the force awakens. Um, number five for me was Return of the Jedi. Number six was A New Hope. Uh, seven was Revenge of the Sith. Eight was, uh, The Phantom Menace. And then last for me was The Last Jedi. Interesting. That's, that's my list. I agree with you on the first. So (laughs) mine, mine go, uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back is, is absolutely the first. Uh, the second I would say is, um, A New Hope, uh, just, the classics started it all very much uh, an important movie. And then I put the force awakens as my third uh, return of the Jedi as my fourth. Um, then it gets really kind of sketchy <laughs> from there. I, I think this one probably falls in as my fifth um, and uh, fifth for this one, then uh, all the way down to my last two, which my last two are uh the Last Jedi is my second to last, and uh, the Attack of the Clones is actually my least favorite movie. 
because yep. in my opinion, it was just totally forgettable. Like that, and that as a Star Wars movie, like I can deal with a bad Star Wars movie, but a Star Wars movie that I just like, I can't even remember the major things that <laughs> happened in that movie. Um, that's that's really bad. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll forgive me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine. Uh, mine's a little different. We do share. Uh, Attack of the Clones is my least favorite. That's way all the way at the bottom for all the same reasons. But my favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi um, and then Empire. They're kind of like 1A, 1B. Um, (laughs) But um, I'm all about the Ewoks, so Return of the Jedi edges it out. And then it goes A New Hope, and then The Force Awakens. And I think I'll put The Rise of Skywalker right there at, at number five. I think it's The Last Jedi, I'll put right under it. I'll put all the prequel films at the bottom. I feel like this new trilogy, each and every film uh, was better than the prequels. So I would put Revenge of the Sith as the best of the prequels than The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah, The Rise of Skywalker, I don't know if it's better than Force Awakens. Uh, I still love that movie a lot. I, f- I feel like um, it was uh, it had the nostalgia and a little bit better pacing. Um, so I think... You know, maybe more, um, you know, as any list goes, it's fluid, but that's where it stands right now. Mike? <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to, if it's okay, I'm going to give mine from least favorite up to most favorite. Okay. Just to mix it up. Mean, because the reason, the, what I what I did with this was, and I don't know why, but it just, it occurred to me to try thinking of like, if I'm going to just kick back and pop in a Star Wars movie. Like, that was kind of how I just approached it. <laughs> it's like, if I just want to watch, and I don't need a whole saga-wide thing, like, I just want to watch a, a a good Star Wars movie, the last one that I'm going to put in is episode one. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved it when it came out, but it just, yeah, like, over the years, I don't know if I've just watched it too many times or what, but, you know, eh, you know, it's, it's fun, but uh, I like other stuff better. Uh, episode two, I like just a little bit better than that. Then after that, I'd probably say eight. Um, as much as I do enjoy that, I, you know, um, compared to a lot of the other ones, it's not the one I'm going to really go to over and over like the well, I'll keep revisiting, um, moving up from that. I really like, uh, revenge of the Sith. Um, then probably next would be episode four. Uh, and it, it's tough cause it's like, so it's so classic. It's the first one, but it's, you know, compared to the other ones, like if I really want to get a, you know huge satisfying movie experience that doesn't always do it for me kind of i have to be in the right mood for it i think sometimes then it's return of the jedi and then i gotta say it right now at least in my two sort of uh two and three keep flipping back and forth for me but i'd put uh nine and then um at the three spot number two spot um episode seven and top of the list for me no surprises empire strikes back i just nothing can unseat that for me <laughs> everything about it is just a masterpiece i love it absolutely (laughs) yeah for me um i'll always say that return of the jedi is my favorite because it's the first star wars movie i ever saw and i saw it with my dad um but i really can't rank the star wars movies (laughs) i i just can't um I am such a scrupulous person that I have to have like a specific criterion given to me in order to <laughs> rank enough. anything and especially something like Star Wars that I just love for so many different reasons. You know, any given day it could change. Um, this weekend I rewatched one and two and I got to say 
they surprised me in how much I uh, enjoyed them. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, um, but I, I would say that I definitely have to continue to watch um, Rise of Skywalker many more times Mm -hmm. um, to continue to appreciate it for sure. Cool. Well, that's it from us. Um, I fully expect that we will revisit The Rise of Skywalker in a future episode, more than likely once it hits the Disney Plus and the streaming platforms. So um, stay tuned for that coming down the road. But what did you guys all think of The Rise of Skywalker? Be sure to email us your your thoughts, your comments uh, on our Facebook Facebook or Twitter page and let us know. And you can definitely email us any feedback, and that email address is starwars at sqpn.com. And you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. And now we'd like to take a moment and thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including John H., Mark S., Thomas D., John B., and Ted K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows that we make here at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can find us on YouTube at the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars, please visit sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And we will be back next week when we will be discussing the eighth and final episode of Season 1 of The Mandalorian. So until then... Uh, Thomas Sanherjo, thanks for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It was a pleasure being here. Angela Cialana, thanks for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure. And Mike Creevy, thanks always for joining us as well. It's always a blast. Andrew Hermes had to duck out slightly early, so we're saying goodbye for him as well. Once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.